Hey, everybody, Elizabeth here. Before we get into today's episode, I wanted to make sure that you know registration is currently open for our Spring Strong Foundations cohort. Strong Foundations is a five-week strength building program brought to you by me and Morgan Bungers. Coach Morgan Bungers is one of the best, most effective strength training coaches in this country. He has worked with some of the most elite athletes in the world, and now he specializes working with people in their 40s, in their 50s, in their 60s who want everyday strength. And this is not about being able to push your suitcase into the overhead compartment on an airplane. We need to be consistently and effectively strength training if we want to maintain the strength of our immune system. Muscle is a critical part of our immune system. And if we are not actively maintaining our strength, we are losing it as we age. And that means we are losing the strength of our immune system. It's also a significant component of our overall metabolism, especially our carbohydrate metabolism. Muscle mass plays a huge role in energy, in mood, mental health, bone health, so many different things. This is just not optional, but a lot of us don't do it because we aren't sure what to do. We aren't sure what not to do. We aren't sure if we're moving well. We don't know how to accommodate for our physical limitations or our current level of fitness, and that is why you need a coach and you'd be hard-pressed to find one better than Morgan Bungers. Now, here's the thing about fitness programs. I've experienced this. My mom, who's in her 70s, has experienced this, where you buy a fitness program and then you're like, okay, but I I can't do that workout because I'm not fit enough or I don't have enough balance or I don't have that equipment or that hurts my knees or it hurts my back. And then you're sort of just left to figure it out yourself, which means we often don't do anything. The great thing about Strong Foundations is that Morgan and I are part of it every single day and you have an unlimited ability to ask us questions in a group setting or via direct message so that Morgan can help you scale for you, for whatever equipment you have, for the time that you have, for your fitness level, for your body and your physical limitations. Five weeks, there's two different tiers. There's a beginner intermediate tier. There's an intermediate advanced tier. The testimonials that we have received from our previous clients will blow your mind. You can check them out and also register for your spot by going to primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. If you are an alum, if you have been through strong foundations before, I've already emailed you a renewal link with a special renewal rate. So please use that. If you don't see that email, let me know. For the rest of you, primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. We start on May 13th. So grab your spot now. You will have these workouts for life. Four workouts a week for five weeks, two different tiers. So you've got 40 workouts total. Plus, there is a five-part series on your pelvic floor. That is an incredibly important part of your physical fitness, of your strength, of your core strength, of your overall health, of your ability to maintain functional mobility as you get older. We want you to be a part of this. You will not regret joining the Strong Foundations cohort. It is an incredible community. 
everybody needs to be consistently and effectively strength training. And if you're not, it's probably because you don't know how to make it work for you. And it can be made to work for you. It needs to be made to work for you. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation to register now. Let's get into the episode. This is Primal Potential, and I am your host, Elizabeth Benton. Through education, motivation, and implementation, we will bridge the gap between knowing and doing so we can master fat loss naturally and help you reach your highest potential. Let's get started. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Primal Potential Podcast. I am Elizabeth Benton. Thank you so much for spending a little bit of your time with me today. The last handful of episodes have sparked a lot of enthusiasm and also a lot of really great questions. So we're going back mm, episode 480 where I talk about the rebranding of Primal Potential and the idea of transformation is now. So much feedback on that. In fact, I created a transformation is now phone background, like a screensaver, you know, for your phone, for your backdrop, for your lock screen. If you want that, just direct message me on Instagram at Elizabeth Benton and I will just shoot it to you that way. But starting with episode 480, did I say 380 a few minutes ago? Anyway, 480 about the rebranding and transformation is now. Then sharing some of the conversations I've had with my Master's Club clients because we've been doing these rebranding video workshops, identifying our own personal brands. I talk about um, some of the challenges that came up in that exercise and then in episode 484, we talked about proudly disciplined, and I shared a call with one of my clients, and 485 was the conversation with Tamar about how critical it is that she stopped talking down to and about herself. That handful of episodes sprinkle in the microbiome episode, which was dropped in the middle of all of those, generated lots of questions, and I want to tackle them today. A lot of them are about this idea of how you see yourself, your identity, the idea of rebranding, starting with people asking me, did I do it? Did I go through this rebranding personally exercise with my Master's Club clients? Obviously, I talked about the Primal Potential rebrand, Transformation is Now, but a bunch of people said, all right, Elizabeth, what is your personal brand. So that's the question I want to start with today. And I always am so eager to hear any and all of your questions and feedback. So if you have questions, you can direct message me on Instagram at Elizabeth Benton. You can leave a comment on Facebook or you can email me or you can leave a comment on the show notes page over at primalpotential.com. So just because I might not tackle your question today, I promise I will. If you ask it, you will get an answer from me. So back to that question. All right, Elizabeth, what is your brand? I've been working so closely to help my clients create these rebrands for themselves. Have I created one for myself? And the answer is yes and also no. The purpose of the rebrand is to give clarity. 
clarity that allows decision-making to become easier. Instead of hemming and hawing and negotiating everything and taking every situation in which you find yourself kind of as a blank slate that you have to decide again and again and again, having this clear identity, this clarity of purpose, call it a rebrand, helps simplify all of those moments that come up again and again and again as we go through every day. So the purpose of this rebrand is to give you the clarity that makes decision-making easier, and the right rebranding message is something that's going to be directional, like a compass, pointing you where you should go for what you want, which is why we're all going to have very different approaches to this clarity, to the message of your rebrand if you create one, so that we stay out of this trap of excuse-making or doing better tomorrow, creating an exception for any given moment. We all have a brand. Whether we call it that or not, whether we're aware of it or not, whether we can articulate it or not, but it's like our operating system. It is our perspective, our frame of reference, how we see ourselves. And more often than not, it's either not working or it's not working as well as it could be. So I'm sharing all of this as sort of context to how I personally am using this idea of rebranding in my life. The reason that I'm doing this with my master's club is so that they develop the habit of practicing seeing themselves more along the lines of who they want to be versus going into every situation the way they always have and struggling, continuing to struggle with excuses and exceptions and all of that self-limiting stuff. I see a ton of value in it. What The reason I said yes and no is, yes, I'm using this tool, but no, I haven't narrowed it down to some sexy saying like proudly disciplined or I choose me or what are some of the other ones? Um break the shell, cool ones like that. I haven't created a mantra, if you will, from mine, but I am practicing a couple of different concepts. I don't feel the need necessarily to simmer it down to one sexy saying, although I think that would be cool. And if it comes to me, I will for sure use it. But for now, I am doing the equivalent of that with two different perspectives. And what I mean, and I'll talk about this more in a minute, I guess I shouldn't get ahead of myself, I'm practicing it by bringing these couple of thoughts into every decision I make and seeing how they help me pick a direction which to go or make a decision, all right? So that is what I have been doing. When I say that I've been practicing two different ideas, I'm keeping them in the forefront of my mind, and then I use them in as many situations as I can throughout the day, making a decision through the lens of these ideas that I'm going to share with you. One of them I shared a little bit of in yesterday's VIP email. If you aren't on the VIP email list, you can get on it for free. Just go to primalpotential.com forward slash join. J-O-I-N, primalpotential.com forward slash join if you want to be on the free VIP email list and you're not already. But what I shared is that a couple weekends ago, I went to Albany, New York to watch the East Regional CrossFit competition. Katrin David's daughter is one of 
the most decorated female CrossFit athletes, and she competes in the East Regional. She trains at the gym I used to train at in Natick before I moved to Cape Cod. So I really wanted to see her compete. And I also just find it really inspiring to watch people push themselves. So that's why I went. And at the end of the weekend, I watched an interview that she gave about her perspective on training. To give a little bit of context, she lives her sport. Seven days a week are structured around her sport. What she eats every day, when she goes to bed, when she wakes up, what social things she says yes to or no to, it's all around her training. She is a 24-7 athlete. And so people were asking her about that. You know, do you just live for your off days? Do you feel like you're missing out on life? And what she said is, I'm happiest when I am working my hardest. I'm happiest when I'm doing my best. Not just I slog through the work because I want to be great. The days when she is training hard, eating clean, prioritizing recovery, going to bed earlier, that is when she is happiest. She's not happiest on off days. She's not happiest when she's being loose with her nutrition or dialing back her training intensity. She's not happiest when she's going out with friends. She's happiest when she is doing her best, when she is working her hardest. I think this is so important for all of us, and this is one of the ideas that I've been trying on for my personal brand, because Often we convince ourselves that doing our best is going to suck and that we're a victim of that discipline and that we're somehow punishing ourselves or missing out on things in part because we've never given ourselves the experience of living consistently at our best. Yes, maybe we have a couple of days where we totally crush it nutritionally or as we see it, maybe we've been very strict. But we've never brought to that the mindset that, hey, this is when I'm happiest. When I feel the most confident, when I feel the most energetic, when I'm the most excited about my life. That's such a game changer. That is a chosen perspective one way or another. That doing your best is a punishment, is a discipline, is a sacrifice, it's going to suck, or... I actually don't know what it's like to go two weeks, to go one month, to go three months, where every day, without excuse, without exception, I take impeccable care of myself. I actually don't know how freaking amazing I could feel. So here's my take on what she shared. At best, You just don't know if that's true for you because you haven't given yourself prolonged experience of sustained high effort. That's at best. At worst, you're lying to yourself because it's easier. Seriously, most of us don't know how great we could feel, how much stress we could relieve, how much struggle we could eliminate. 
And the only reason we don't know is because we haven't done that hard thing of stringing together days and weeks of impeccable self-care. And the reason we haven't strung together days and weeks of of, of impeccable self-care is because we convince ourselves that somehow we're missing out. And I know for myself that it's really not true, that I am missing out when I'm not taking great care of myself because I'm not as happy, I'm not as energized, I'm not as focused, I don't feel as good about myself or my body. I want to know just how great it could be, right? I want to know. I want to know how amazing I can feel. And yes, Katrin David's daughter might be an anomaly in her fitness, like what she can do physically, her strength, her stamina, her gymnastics ability, but she's not an anomaly on her perspective on happiness. I believe it is true for most of us. I don't think you are your most happy when you aren't taking care of yourself. I think you're more tired, you're more moody, you have a looming sense of what you should be doing. There's always this dark cloud of kind of frustration with yourself, and it's time to change your perspective. And so this is one of the ideas that I've really been embracing for my own brand, which is I feel my best when I am exceptionally disciplined. I know what it feels like to overeat. I know what it feels like to overindulge. I know what it feels like to be lazy and unmotivated. That is not what I want. I also know what it feels like to operate at a very high level of intensity and effort over time, and it was amazing. And I took off, I took my foot off the throttle a little bit, which is fine. I'm not looking to change it. I couldn't if I wanted to. But I want to go back to what it feels like to consistently, not for a couple days on, a couple days off, consistently over a prolonged period of time, bring my highest effort so that I can feel my best. All right. As far as the brand is concerned, the mantra that has been going through my head to practice that is feeling my best when I do my best and reminding myself that I am happiest when I am performing at my highest potential. And also the other way that I pull this into situations where I have to make a decision is living like an athlete which means taking great care of my body, which means fueling my body brilliantly, which means going to bed early and not inviting in distractions. If I had to characterize how I used to live, I was living like a slob. And I hate that word. It makes me uncomfortable I, I almost want to defend myself like, I mean, my house was fine and I was never like financially reckless, but I don't need to defend it. The truth is I was living like a slob. I was trashing myself every day, every day, fast food breakfast, eating too much in general, watching too much TV, sleeping too much. It's almost not even fair to call it living like a snob or a, a, of us like a slob because I wasn't really living. Yeah, I was alive, but there's a difference. And so when I think about living like an athlete, that's not a punishment. 
I don't feel bad that Katrin David's daughter or Michael Phelps works so hard. They have opportunities on opportunities on opportunities because of their discipline. They get to live their dream. They get to do what they love every day. Living like an athlete is the opposite of the way I used to live in every way. It is about discipline. It is about pursuing the hard things. It is about doing your best. And it doesn't come for free. You've got to earn it. So that is one thing that has been really resonating with me, that there is a life available to me that I haven't yet created, and I have to earn it. And the discipline it will take is not a punishment. I'm not missing out when I'm disciplined. I'm missing out when I'm not. I said there were two different things that I've been practicing, and that's one. The other came from a podcast I was listening to, and Greg Glassman, who is the founder of CrossFit, was sharing a story about, of all things, a town meeting. And a citizen goes to the town meeting, and he's frustrated because the city seems to be more invested in changing the scooter laws, if you can ride around on a scooter or not and where, than the city was invested in addressing the drug issues of the city and the homeless population and the repercussions of those things. So the citizen basically says that. Why are you prioritizing this over that? And the town representative basically said, oh, no, 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 we're not. We spend 10 times more on homeless issues. And the citizen said, sir, I'm from the business world. We judge progress based on outputs, not inputs. And when I heard that, I was just, whoo, okay. Basically, what the citizen's saying to the town rep is, it doesn't matter what you put in. What matters is, what results are you producing? It's not about kudos to me because we spend more. It's about Are you getting results with what you're doing? You could pour money, effort, time at something and not ever move the needle. And I think that's what a lot of us do. We give ourselves credit for the amount of time or energy or money we're putting into a problem. But all the inputs in the world don't guarantee an output. And the output is what you are after. If what you are doing isn't working, it's time to make a change. It's not time for me or for you or for any of us to argue for how far we've come, how much better we are than before, how healthy we eat, how much less we spend. It doesn't matter. Is it working? Don't waste your time and energy arguing for all the inputs. If it's not working, change. Because you're doing all of that stuff for an outcome, for an output. That is another thing that I'm practicing. If you're wondering, well, what does that look like in practice? How do you bring that into an everyday situation where you have to make a decision? That is an excellent question. I like the way you're thinking. I shared the other day with my master's club that I've given myself a 30-day challenge. And that challenge is, on video, 25 burpees per day for time. So 25 burpees as fast as I can on video. Now, 25 burpees, for me personally, is not a workout. It would have been a long time ago, so if it is for you, that's not a criticism. It's not a workout. It's an assessment. Yeah, it'll get me breathing hard when I'm moving fast, but fitness isn't the reason I'm doing it. Measuring change is. Keeping an eye on output is. 
Number one, I need to be getting faster because my goal is to get fitter. So I should be moving better over time. I should be going faster over time. And number two, my body should be changing, right? Fat loss is my goal. So my body should be changing. And I know how easy it is to look away, to not measure results, to not grab those jeans, but instead go for a pair of shorts or a flowy skirt because you don't want to face the fact those jeans are a little snug or you blame it on the dryer, avoiding assessing if you are getting an outcome from your input. And I don't want to do that. So part of this challenge with 25 burpees a day on video is I have to watch the video every day, period. I also want to challenge myself to be getting meaningfully better every week, faster, more efficient, and of course, leaner. And I knew the question would come when I told my master's club that I was doing this. And so I'll address it here as well. The videos are for me, not for you. Which is the indirect way of saying I'm not posting the videos and I'll tell you why. There are a thousand things that I could do for views, for likes that would grow my business. But it's much easier to make change for an external benefit, like likes, follows, shares. It's easier to make change when you know the world is watching. And it's harder to make change when it's just for you. Right? And ultimately, while I do have a heart for service, I also have a heart for my own sustainable growth and progress. There are a ton of people who eat clean and work out for likes, but what are they doing when people aren't watching? So sometimes when I give myself challenges, and I encourage you to do this as well, it's for me, right? It's for me. It's easy to be motivated by the things that you share to share your highlight reel, and it's much harder to be motivated for yourself when no one's watching, when no one will know if you do it or not, if you get faster or not, but you'll know. And there has to be a higher value on what you know about yourself, on what you are doing for yourself, than on what you are doing to show the world. Now, do you have to do that? No, absolutely not. But for me, putting into practice this idea of it doesn't matter how much better I eat than I used to eat, how much more consistent I am now, how much more improved I am in handling social situations than I used to be. That is like the town spokesperson saying, oh, we put all this money into the homeless problem. Okay, well, is it working for you? So that is one way that I am assessing is what I am doing working for my goals of becoming a fitter, healthier version of myself. Yours might not have anything to do with movement. If it does have something to do with movement, maybe you don't want to do burpees, but you could run a 400 meter and video it every day or every week. You could do push-ups. You could do, see how many body weight squats you can do in a minute. But I think on video is really, really important because you've got to be facing yourself and the reality of your body. One philosophy in CrossFit is that if you significantly improve your 400 meter run time, your 2K row time, your pull-up and your deadlift, you will be a healthier human. Now, if you're nowhere near doing pull-ups, cool, do push-ups. And I think I'm going to start doing a monthly fit test for myself, where once a month, 
I test my 400 meter uh, run time. And once a month, I test my 2K row time. And once a month, I test my max deadlift. And once a month, I test my max pull-ups. Not on the same day. But for me, as part of my brand, it's about measuring the difference I'm making, not just the things I'm doing. Because the things I'm doing are for an outcome. Am I going in the right direction? Speaking of direction, (laughs) awkward transition, we're going to switch gears and go in a different direction. Because like I said, I want to address the questions that have been coming in in response to the last um, few episodes because they have generated a lot of buzz, which is fantastic. I love hearing from you guys, whether it's comments, questions, topics you want to hear more about. So make sure that you get in touch with me to share those things if you have stuff on your mind. A lot of folks, and I think it has to do with, at least in the States, the change of weather and things warming up, people wanting to get more active, spend more time outside, etc., And many questions have come in from folks who are looking to either start working out or increase their workout intensity, and they want to know my thoughts on fueling workouts from a nutrition standpoint or workout supplements. First and foremost, I am not a personal trainer. I am not a fitness expert. I don't play one on the internet. But I do have this strong opinion from a health standpoint. If you are overweight then your priority is lowering your body weight, right? Burning fat mass, losing fat mass. That's the best thing you can do for your workouts. So if your goal is to get more fit, but you are overweight, then your workout priority, your nutritional priority is losing body fat. You don't need to be adding in meals or snacks, shakes or bars, pre-workout or post-workout. Don't. Don't. If you are overweight, then the best thing you can do for your fitness is losing weight. One of the worst things you can do or one of the fastest ways to counteract the intensity you're adding or the workout volume you're adding is compensating with more food that you eat. Meals, snacks, shakes, bars, pre-workout, post-workout. Eat well Eat for fat loss, something we talk about all the time here on the podcast, and just keep in mind that the most important thing you need to focus on to optimize your workout is losing body fat. Once you're at a point where you don't need to lose more body fat or you don't desire to lose more body fat, then you can consider ways to optimize your workout from a food perspective, but the best thing you can do for your health or your fitness if you're overweight is lose weight. People will say, how do I get my first pull-up? Are you overweight? Yes, lose weight, right? I want to be I want to be faster. I want to be more fit. I want to be more toned in my arms. Are you overweight? Yes, lose weight. That is nutrition, right? That is nutrition. Another hard right turn here. We had an episode on the microbiome. I actually was recently approved for a clinical study on the microbiome, which I'm super excited about and should be able to talk more about in the coming month or so. But that episode really triggered a lot of great questions. And one of the best questions that I wanted to address here on the podcast is, if you were to recommend three things I could do to positively impact my microbiome, which as a refresher, impacts your metabolism, impacts your mood, impacts your sleep, your ability to focus, 
everything. The three things that I would have you do. Number one, cut sugar. Cut sugar. Number two, do not overeat. Do not eat just because you're in the mood for something. Fuel your body when your body needs fuel, not more. And the third thing, and I think I didn't give this enough credit, um, enough emphasis when I talked about the microbiome, but I've been thinking about it a lot since. The third thing I would do for you to positively impact your microbiome is to improve the quality of the meat products if you're eating meat products. Here's why this matters so much. When you just go into a regular grocery store and you buy regular chicken or regular beef, those animals most likely have been treated with antibiotics. When you consume it, you are consuming those antibiotics. This is one of the primary reasons that there is antibiotic resistance. Now, a huge part of it, obviously, I'm not going to say it's all about the food that we eat because you don't, you know, it's not like you're taking the same dose that the animal got. I mean, there is a difference between directly taking antibiotics and consuming food where animals have been treated with antibiotics, but there is an impact. So a huge part of antibiotic resistance has come from the fact that more and more healthcare providers are providing anti or um, prescribing antibiotics on a more regular basis. But the reality is, if you are routinely eating animals who have been treated with antibiotics, which is the case when you're buying a lot of conventionally raised meat products, then you are exposing yourself to some of those antibiotics. Now, the other part of it is those animals have a bacterial culture in and of themselves that has been distorted because of their antibiotic use. So when you have quality meat products in your diet, animals that have been not that have not been treated with antibiotics, you are getting some of that microbiome that you want, that you need, that helps foster your own. And the other part of it isn't just about the treatment with antibiotics. It's also about what they eat. When you buy conventionally raised animal products, oftentimes they are eating grasses and grains that have been treated with pesticides. And that causes dysbiosis or bacterial imbalances that are then passed on to you. You are what you eat eats. So you are, if you're eating chicken, you are what your chicken ate. If you are eating beef, you are what your cow ate. And it used to be the case that it was so much more expensive to buy grass-fed, hormone-free animal products. But it's just not that that significant anymore. And also, when you figure in the totality of it, where you're healthier, it really is not advantageous to buy those lower quality meat products. As is the case with all health advances that we begin to understand, a market a company steps up to fill the need. So there is a need for affordable, high-quality meat products. And many, many, many companies, many CSAs, many local farmers are stepping up to meet that need. One easy way for those in the United States is Thrive Market. That is why they very recently launched their meat, seafood, poultry boxes. These animals have never been treated with antibiotics or growth hormones 
and they are far less expensive than what you would pay in a grocery store for these products and they're delivered to your home frozen. Here's the other thing I'll say about the cost of this for those of you that haven't made this shift in quality because of the cost. I'll tell you the indirect way that it saves me a lot of money. And that is if somebody's like, hey, you want to go out to dinner? Oh, let's go out to lunch. I'm thinking I have two pounds of grass-fed chicken thighs that I cooked up like two days ago. And so I end up spending way less because I'm less likely to go out to eat. And that is my approach. Just so you guys know, I have one or two days a week where I will cook more protein than I need. And then when I'm having a given meal, all I have to put together is the veggies or chop up an avocado because I have a lot of pre-cooked meat, fish, shrimp, chicken, whatever, um, beef, ground beef in the fridge. So it saves me money, it saves me time, and it saves my health. So I don't want anybody to convince themselves that it's the way it was even five years ago when, yes, it was dramatically more expensive, but it's not now. So for those of you that are in the U.S., there are lots of companies making it more affordable. Thrive Market is one of them. You can go to thrivemarket.com forward slash primal potential. If you haven't registered with them yet, that's the URL you want to go to because you get additional savings when you go through that URL. So it's thrivemarket.com forward slash primal potential. I will link to it in the show notes. When you register through that URL, you will get an additional 25% off your first order along with free shipping and a 30-day trial membership. So check that out. Last thing I want to touch on, two things actually. If you have questions or topics, let me know. I don't want anybody to think that their question is silly or stupid or maybe I've talked about it before. If you've got a question, hit me up over on Instagram at Elizabeth Benton in the show notes on primalpotential.com, on Facebook, wherever. The second thing is the wait list is now open for the fall 2018 12 Weeks to Transformation group. So the link will be on the show notes or you can go to the Work With Me tab right on the homepage of primalpotential.com, top right, work with me, get on the wait list so that you get all the details first about that 12-week coaching opportunity this fall. Have a great day, guys. I'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much for joining me for another episode of the Primal Potential Podcast, where my goal is not to inform you, but to transform you. And if you would like to receive free motivation and strategy and recipes, workouts, meal ideas every week right to your inbox, just text the word PRIMAL to the number 44222 or go to primalpotential.com slash join. It's a great way to get the tools, the strategies, and the practical implementation assistance that you need to create your own transformation between podcast episodes. Just text the word PRIMAL to the number 44222 or go to primalpotential.com slash join. See you there.